0: probably shouldn't be with somebody who isn't okay with you honoring your own needs.
1: All right. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Wholehearted Glow podcast. I'm really excited because I have a special guest with me on today. Zara Franks is a breakup coach, and she has created her own programs that really allow you to dive deep into what your past relationships might be doing in regards to limiting you and how you can heal from those and really show up for yourself and for your potential new partner partner in a better and more evolved way. So that's really what we're going to speak about today on the Whole Heart of Glow podcast. And I'm really excited to delve into it with Zara. She's coming to us from
0: Quintana Roo. Yeah, Playa del Carmen. Awesome. How are you doing today, Zara? I'm doing great. The weather here is perfect every day. (laughs) Steamy, but amazing. Getting lots of sun. So yeah.
1: Awesome. So let's talk about from the beginning, what led you to becoming a breakup coach?
0: And why was that something that you felt called to do? So I suppose I was led to this work through my own experience with a traumatic breakup and I mean, little did I know at the time I would be doing this work, but that's the main thing that led me here. In 2011, I was in my mid-20s and I moved across the country for love. I put it all on the line. I went out there from California to DC and I spent the next four years in this crazy relationship. <laughs> you know, it was One of the best things that ever happened to me, even though at some point it just all came crashing down and we actually wound up breaking up twice. So I got like a double, (laughs) double dip of breakup experience there. But yeah, I mean, after the final breakup, we, uh, you know, we had decided to part ways and I knew like, okay, I can't do that again. That was just insane. The first breakup was really intense as some of your listeners might relate to like when you're totally brokenhearted. You're like trying to pick yourself up off the floor every day. You don't know up from down. Like you're probably like not taking very good care of yourself. You know you're probably like trying to party it away or like numb it out in some kind of way. So I was doing all all the wrong things, but things that I thought made me feel good at the time. What, so, what are you doing? I was just like, you know, like turning to like partying and then also just like a lot of like sadness, like wallowing in my sadness. And I was indulging in a kind of perspective that put me in a really disempowered place. So putting all of my emotional cards in on the table with this one person and he was making him my entire life. So when we had the breakup, I felt like my life was over. I felt like I couldn't love again. I felt like I had wasted my time. I felt like, you know, we had been planning our life together to get married and everything. So I just thought, wow, like, what am I going to do now? You know, that was it. I'll never love again. (laughs) So, so, you know, that like looking back, I definitely wasn't, I had abandoned like all self-care practices, like anything that would have been beneficial for me. I wasn't working out. I was way off my meditation, which I had been doing for a long time before, but like I abandoned all of that. So I was kind of making everything worse for myself. So yeah, I mean, after we ended for good, I was like, okay, I have to figure out how to thrive again. So Mm -hmm. I started reading everything. Going to all kinds of classes, back on my meditation, like getting support from friends and family or whoever I could that felt healthy to talk to, you know, and just trying to keep my eye on the prize as far as like, I need to rebuild myself. And yeah, I just wound up collecting a lot of tools and perspectives and practices that put me back in the driver's seat. And I hadn't even realized how much control and power I had given up. So I realized then, like, I took a few years off dating and just to be with myself. And uh, after a couple of years, like, I thought, okay, I feel a little bit ready to get back out there. And I wound up meeting my now husband. Over the years, like, people had started coming to me for energy medicine sessions, because I have a background in that, but also intuitive readings. I've had my tarot deck for 15 years and people were kind of picking up on the fact that I was making some discoveries and making some changes. And it seemed like I was doing better, (laughs) you know, for myself than I had been before. And yeah, I just started giving people more and more intuitive readings. And I realized, wait a minute, I need to wrap this into a program. Like, because everyone's asking me the same kinds of questions, you know. And yeah, that's kind of how it started to build from there. And that really was maybe like four or five years ago. And then last year I decided, okay, I need to create a proper, proper breakup program. So I got into relationship coaching and then I started to narrow it down and realized that from all the women that I've been speaking to that they want love, but what really is going on is they want to heal from their past relationship. So I'm like, okay, got it. Like, let's focus on that. That's, we can do some work in there for sure.
1: Great. Yeah. You mentioned a few things that I would like to talk about and delve into deeper. One of them being like you said, I didn't realize how much control and power I had lost And I think that this is a really important topic for women, especially in this age that we live in, because not only are we talking about our relationships, but we're also talking about our careers. We're talking about our mental health. We're talking about our fitness, our wellness, everything that we're doing in our lives. right? And so I find that now women are so much more in control of like so many more aspects of their life. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I have seen time and time again, and I have also been through times where I do lose myself or I do start to stop asking what do i need and instead i'm thinking about what the other person needs which can be good in a securely attached relationship but i think it can be detrimental when we start to lose ourselves right so i kind of want to talk about when did you feel like you were losing that control over yourself and your own agency and how do you do that differently now
0: Well, you know, there wasn't a point where I realized I was losing myself or self-abandoning until it was too late, until it already happened. So, you know, then you're like, oh, shoot, like, I'm totally depleted. I'm totally exhausted. I don't have anything left to give. So now I check in with myself Mm -hmm. and ask myself, you know, there's all kinds of physical practices and things you can do to check in with your body, not just your mind. But yeah, I check in sooner now and then I have to respect what comes up and honor that. So if I ask myself, hey, is this too much? Am I overfunctioning? Am I overextending myself? If the answer is yes, then I have to do something about it instead of saying, oh, well, let's put it off for the other person or my partner needs me more. So I'll just sacrifice that now and then make up for it later. There isn't really a later because it all just starts to pile up. So right. now I just try to abide by what comes up, but it's not easy because it's usually inconvenient, you know, because then you have to tell the other person like, no, or I can't do that, or that's too much. Or in one scenario, I can't be in this relationship. This right. isn't working. Right. Right. And, you know, most of us don't want to do that because we want to keep things going as they are because we like the affection and the good, fuzzy feeling. And, you know, it's hard to make it such a big change, but in the end, it works out for the best.
1: Yes. I think that those are important check-ins to have. And they really allow us or whoever is in the driver's seat of, let's say, um, An empowered relationship to decide, like you said, like, what am I feeling and, and what do I need here? And I think that that is great because that's an embodiment practice in itself. So it's like taking us out of our head and being like, well, I have to like show up for this person or I have to go on this date this week or I have to see this person to being like, okay, like, let's really check in. And I know that I have really been working on that as well, where it's like, if I'm going on a date with someone and maybe have something planned, but if I'm like, I'm really exhausted, like I'm not going to be able to show up as my best self right now, I will postpone that or make that very much well-known so that the other person is on the same page. So I think it's great that you are providing those tools to your clients. It's
0: like giving people permission to do that, you know, because there's a lot of like, if I say no to this date, or have to reschedule the date, like, there's a lot of fear in there. And I think it comes down to if I reschedule this date, then they're gonna leave me or they're going to find a way to say that this isn't working. And I want to be appeasing so that it just keeps working, but it Mm -hmm. winds up back. (laughs)
1: <laughs> so. yes yeah it does and I've actually had some clients that have gone through that where like they've gone on a date and then the person is like hey can you meet this one day and you know depending on your work schedule sometimes that's not going to work and I have seen people really kind of like bending over backwards and then I'm like you could just be like yeah that doesn't work but I think it is really rooted around fear and I've I've really been there myself and had to work through that. So, what are some of the ways? Like, I know you mentioned some of the check ins with a more embodied feeling of like, what do I need right now? But what other ways do you teach uh, your clients to set those boundaries and allow themselves to give themselves permission?
0: Yeah. Well, it also comes down to, well, you probably know this intimately like, the more you are comfortable with discomfort, the further you can go. So yes, you know, whether that's in a physical workout routine practice or an emotional practice. So being comfortable with discomfort. So when a need of yours arises and usually you would ignore it, taking the time to listen to it and taking the time to sit with that discomfort of honoring it, that discomfort feeling will pass and Also, it's an excellent tool of discernment. So if the person, the date that you have balks at that and makes a big deal about it and makes you feel bad, honestly, that's your answer right there. Like You probably shouldn't be with somebody who isn't okay with you honoring your own needs. That's a huge red flag. (laughs) I (laughs) agree. Yeah, so it it all works out, you know. It's like if you honor yourself, then you can find somebody who honors you. Yes, it really flows that way. So if you're not getting that, then oh, wrong person. Okay, save yourselves some time.
1: Let's talk about. Two, you mentioned this feeling like after you went through your breakup of being like, yeah, cool. Like that was it. I'm never going to find love again. That's it for me. I- I've been there myself and like only recently come out of that. So what was that process of letting go of that extremely intense limiting belief? Because I think we're all really wired for love and we are love. So how can we speak about that to the audience of, of how we can... Really let go and then potentially offer in something new.
0: Yeah. Well, giving yourself some time. And I know a lot of people say that, and it's probably annoying to hear (laughs) because you're like, maybe it's been some months, maybe it's been some years. You're like, when am I going to be ready? (laughs) But giving yourself time and creating space. You know, I work with spaciousness a lot. How can we increase our breath capacity? How can we increase our emotional capacity? And you know, getting a scar on your heart is very different than getting a scar on your body, like a scratch on your body. Like if you get a bad scratch, like how many days does that take to heal? Like a few, you know, and the healing process is, you know, has its own timing. So really just day-to-day being patient and keeping a candle lit for yourself, knowing that it is possible to love again, even if you don't believe that deeply love happens again and again and again. So Mm -hmm. you really need to just take your time with that, but also not reinforce some of the language, internal language that you use with yourself. Like, although you may not believe it, it's good to catch yourself if you're um, kind of feeling, uh, what's the word, like disenchanted or whatever and thinking like, yeah, well, that's just how it is. I won't love again. Words have a lot of power, whether we say them out loud or inside. So it's almost like a spell we cast on ourselves. So we really want to cast some new spells. So although I feel closed right now, I look forward to when I will be open. Mm -hmm. That gives you way more space. It gives you space to feel closed now, which is totally okay. And it gives you space to open again later. So, yeah. Yeah. Really
1: watching the language is, is really important. And I think that is something that we all struggle with is really being our own best friend and talking to ourselves. Like I normally talk to my inner child or I talk to like my inner soft side a lot, which has really helped me. And I think that's something that, you know, I like that languaging that you're utilizing and teaching others how to do that is, is really important because it takes the limiting belief and really flips it, which is what we typically need, at least in
0: our brains to feel something different or to experience something new. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's not just like power to power of positive thinking, like you have to be able to feel your feelings, you know, you have to be able to be like, this is a really crap situation. <laughs> and like, I, i am not feeling great about this. You have to be able to allow yourself that, but then also, you know, keep a candle lit for the future you. And there's some journaling exercises that I go through with people um, to vision out their future. Sure. um, Just so they can spend some time living there, you know, taking a break from the present reality. If you can spend some time living in your future, it definitely accelerates the process of getting there. So, and it feels good too. Like, Wow, I could just take a break, put my burden down for a second and like go into the future and enjoy myself there. So what
1: would be an example of a journal prompt that you utilize with your clients? Day
0: in the life. It's the kind of a long prompt. So it's describe a day in the life in your future, in your ideal future. You know, you wake up, what's your morning routine like? What are you wearing? Like, what's your breakfast? How do you feel? You know, we focus a lot on the feeling of that day in the life you know I feel energized when I wake up or I feel hopeful or I go out I go for a run or I have a reading time or and then I see my partner there and then we have a morning chat and there's the dog like really just build it out in detail so you can create a vivid picture yeah so there's like a lot of little prompts with it. Yeah, that. of course. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. But by doing that, you're really creating the visual, which then puts the plan in motion. And then it almost feels more natural when you're going through and going back to your day-to-day life because you're like, well, I already have this framework and that's super important. Yeah. Let's talk about the nervous system. You mentioned that's also a part of your program. And I think this is a big one because as I've been in wellness for eight years now, I have seen that the biggest thing riddling every single one of my clients is stress and anxiety. And, you know, as an instructor and a coach and someone who helps people with getting them to where they want to be, I noticed that this is a really big barrier. So I'm thinking to myself, if this is a big barrier for what I'm working with in the wellness space with clients, then what is, how does this nervous system and stress intensity show up for your clients and what do you do with them because i i would be curious to see if those techniques are pretty similar but also i think that anything we can do to mitigate stress is really important
0: and i like to bring it onto the show so
1: bring <laughs> yeah. it on us zara what do you got
0: <laughs> yeah so the thing about healing from heartbreak and all of that you know we focus on the mind a lot but The mind lives inside the body. So sometimes we've got to lead with the body and our body has a nervous system and it has a parasympathetic nervous system. So one, you know, the parasympathetic nervous system controls your fight or flight or freeze response. And oftentimes when you're coming out of heartbreak or enduring just a lot of general stress in your life, your nervous system is in overdrive. So you might not realize it, but you're in a constant state of fight, flight, or freeze. Mm-hmm. And you're not in a rest and digest. Mm-hmm. So how can we get more in rest and digest? We use breath work practices, meditation. If that's a scary word for you, don't worry. There's all kinds of <laughs> right nice ways to, you know, work with the mind. And there's massage as well. So for my clients, I like to focus on breath work. We do some guided visualization, but really the breath work is immediate. So if you would like to get into rest and digest, there's a nerve in your body called the vagus nerve that you can activate. And you can activate this through massage. Uh, It runs along your neck, down into your belly. And you can activate that through deep breathing, basically by lengthening your exhale. So if you inhale for a count of six, exhale for a count of 12, maybe for a count of four on the inhale, maybe for a count of eight on the exhale, anything to lengthen out that exhale moves your belly out and starts to activate that vagus nerve to put you in rest and digest. So the reason why we want to be in rest and digest as often as we can, or at least activate that is so that it becomes a new normal. So if you're in a constant state of stress, fight, flight, or freeze, it might just be habitual, you know? So you might want to start to retrain yourself so that even you default. So, yeah, it's really important. Yeah, if you're coming out of a traumatic relationship or a traumatic breakup, you know, your system is probably, like, really frazzed. <laughs> so it's important to teach it a new normal. And also, you know, then when you go out to meet people... And go out to date again, you'll know what good feels like. So you don't want to go out there still with your shoulders at your ears, still stressed, trying to meet somebody because that's going to feel stressful. They're going to feel stressful. You're not going to be able to tell if they're a good match for you or not because the whole thing is just stressed. So yeah, that's what we address.
1: Okay. yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like that really teaches people to stop waiting for the other shoe to drop. Which I think is a personal thing that I've worked with and you know, some friends as well, where it's like, oh, well, maybe everything's great, but in my last relationship, everything was great, and then boom, it came crashing down. And then that's what kind of sends us into this spiral or what sends our nervous system like, you're not safe, you're not safe, you're not safe. So really re-regulating that is allowing us to feel again like our mind is inside our body, and inside that we're we're relaxed.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Just and throughout the day, um, you know, you can notice your breath. Is your stomach clenched? Is your breath shallow in your chest or is it in your tummy? You know, like, oh, okay, I've got to relax my stomach. If I relax my stomach, like, oh, my shoulders can come down a bit, you know, if I can take a deeper breath. All right. You know, so yeah, we really let the body lead the mind in that regard. Mm hmm. Okay.
1: And so then like, let's say we've, you know, we're kind of touching on different pieces of your program, but let's say we've, we've done our journaling and we've worked on our nervous system and we're starting to get ready to go back out there. What other inner work, because you mentioned a lot about like the past healing, how do you initiate that for clients or how do they initiate that for themselves? And then after that, let's talk about like getting back out there and, and what that's like.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of brings us to intention setting and, you know, there, there's like intention setting, there's personal affirmation or mantra building that you can do. So, you know, your intention could be, well, oftentimes I ask people, you know, well, what are you looking for? Or how do you want to feel? And they immediately tell me how they don't want to feel or what they're not looking for. I had a woman tell me, well, I'm Asked her what she's looking for, and she says, I don't like polyamory. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> she said, I want somebody who's just monogamous with me. You know, I was like, okay, okay. So the first part, you know, there's a lot of fear tied up in all of that. Mm-hmm. So when you're setting intention, whether it's to heal from your past or to go out into your future you know, set your intention for a positive facing thing, not the don't or the negative facing thing. I don't want this. This happened to me. so I don't want to repeat that, you know, in that your focus is on what you don't want. And our focus is very powerful. So whatever we look at expands. (laughs) (laughs) So we might think we're avoiding, we're doing a great job of like avoiding a mistake again, or avoiding repeating the past, but the only thing we're really focused on is the past. <laughs> so, you know, it makes it tricky to see the good match when they do come along. Cause you wouldn't even recognize it because you hadn't really put it out there, you know? So, um, yeah, we work with, you know, intention setting and, you know, it, it takes a few tries, you know, we'll write some things down, get it honed into something that feels uplifting and exciting, you know, and delightful. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, I I really resonated with what you said about like, we might not even see it if it's right in front of us, because in healing my own toxic patterns, there's definitely been a huge shift in the type of men that I'm attracting. And so it's crazy to me because there are people that would have never been on my radar. Mm two years ago, maybe even a year ago. And now I'm like, oh, wow, this is, this feels a lot different. And it Mm -hmm. feels a lot different because I just decided that I knew what I wanted. And I wasn't going to think about the things that have dragged me down in the past and more so just really focus on, oh, I'm so excited to offer this into my life and I'm going to be as patient as I need to be. And when it happens, it happens. Yeah.
0: That's really beautiful.
1: That's really great. It's it's important to really watch that language and and watch the way that we're speaking to ourselves because if we're not holding ourselves in a way of integrity, of like how we talk to ourselves, like what are we doing?
0: Mm, yeah, absolutely. Integrity is at the bottom of all of this, you know. Are am I acting in a way in which I can live with? Am I doing what I said I was going to do? All of these little things add up and You want to bring that into your everyday, you know, do I say that I'm the kind of person that makes my bed every day, but then i never do it. (laughs) Just do what you say you're going to do. And, and, you know, make sure that if you look back on your actions for the day or the week or the year that you feel proud of what you've done. And in the moment, can you say that you're proud of what you're doing now? So that'll save you a lot of trouble. (laughs)
1: Okay. So how can you, or what would you say to someone who is maybe like healing, but not fully healed from something in their past and they're ready to let go, but maybe they don't, they are not fully there yet. How would you teach that type of person who might be going through those limiting beliefs in their brain that like nothing else great is ever going to happen for them relationship-wise, how would you navigate that or help someone navigate that?
0: Well, the truth is, I mean, none of us are ever 100% ready or going to feel 100% ready for our next big step. But in the meantime, we can take small steps, even if we don't agree with them or believe in them. I like to think of the self in as split so that one self you can talk to and coax and you know soothe and the other self can take over the wheel and do the things to get you to the next step so one part of yourself might be feeling totally disenchanted and then the other part of you might know I really need to take some action to get back out there or I should this would be good for me you know Mm -hmm. so like you said earlier, like advocating for yourself, it's the small steps. So you might not feel hundred percent healed. And I mean, surely you won't, but it's important to just keep going one step at a time and congratulate yourself for the small wins. So, you know, if you did anything positive that day or you went on a date, even though you felt totally hopeless about it, like, great, you know, that is actually a hopeful act. So like slowly, but surely you'll retrain out of your, your hopelessness. (laughs) You have got to advocate for yourself for sure. Yeah. It's, it's slow going. You got to be patient with yourself and, you know, congratulate yourself for the small ones. I would say it's really important.
1: Okay. And so then it's like, let's say we're getting to that place where we are ready. How do you teach people to call in a partner, especially if maybe, like you said, it's something that they weren't particularly on the radar for, or it's a type of person that maybe they weren't really looking for, right? Because sometimes we're like, we think we want this person, but really we just want the same toxic version of like our ex.
0: Totally. Totally more exciting
1: (laughs) but then it's like when it's steady and calm we're like I'm bored but that's kind of what we do want ultimately to feel that secure attachment
0: yeah absolutely it's a total retraining before I met my husband I mean I was faced with the same choice you know again in the type of person you know like there was like some people that I had seen and they seemed very similar to my past choices and I was like Mm -hmm. "Hmm." ah, they're also very appealing. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, okay, uh, I've got to like, I've got to give myself a chance. So let me try something different. And, you know, my husband turned out to be the different choice, but really like creating a new normal, like that does take some getting used to, you know? Yeah. I mean, something might feel boring or not as exciting as before, but shifting those perspectives, like swapping them out because the person who may be spontaneous and I don't know, bad boy or this or that, like that has all been mapped onto attraction and love instead of Mm -hmm. high risk, unstable, noncommittal, you know, like, whoops. Well, we all do that. You know, we all like have to kind of bungle through and figure that out. So you know, it's just building new, new maps. So, oh, now I have mapped love and attraction onto a different type of human. Okay, cool. Love also takes some time. So giving those people a chance who you find boring or not your usual, it's really important because you might find that that person commits an act of love that is way bigger and stronger than you've ever experienced. And yeah, And then you're like, oh, I didn't even know what love was before. This person loves me.
1: Wow. This is really powerful is really rewriting that map. And that's what takes that letting go, because then we have to really let go of like, okay, yeah, like I used to be attracted to this type of person that wouldn't want to commit to me or made me feel like shit. And I was like, cool, this is it.
0: Mm-hmm. And then
1: when we rewrite that map, and then like you said, it's it's learning to give other people a chance. And I think like you said, we fall into, oh, well, the traditional way it goes is that I fall in love with the bad boy and then I make him commit to me and then he's perfect and life is great. It's like, <laughs> yeah. well, is that really how it goes? And so shifting that is is challenging, but sounds like it's been really rewarding for you.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't know if you've heard of Lacey Phillips, but she has a concept that I really love about expanders.
1: Yes. Um,
0: Love the expanders. Yeah. For those of you out there who haven't heard of her, aren't familiar with her work, she has this concept of expanders and it's it's just gathering examples out in the world of people who are doing the thing you want to do or who are succeeding at something you want to succeed at. And it's so important because it opens up the realm of possibility. And yeah, so that's really powerful. I didn't know I was doing that before and I had been a bit. Then Lacey Phillips kind of reconfirmed that. So I was like, yes. So yeah, that's something I recommend people do. Absolutely. Like it's possible. Go find those possibilities.
1: That's great. So what are you most excited about right now with your brand and the work that you're doing with clients and within your program? And what do you feel most called to talk
0: about in regards to like,
1: this is what I'm offering and this is what I'm doing?
0: Mm. Well, yeah. So right now I have, I recently launched a new program and I'm excited because it's really compact. It's a one month program. It's compact and powerful. You know, it's one month, it's four weeks, you know, we do a bunch of stuff in four weeks and to get you set up so that you can heal like on your own and you have all these systems and tools and practices. So it's just like a power bar. It's like 12 grams of protein. (laughs) It's really compact and dense. So I've got this program and I also have an AMA on my website. It's Ask Me Anything. You can fill that out. Anybody can do it. I'll answer all your questions. <laughs> and yeah, um, this summer, I'll just be kind of going through that. Um, I don't take on a lot of clients. I like to give people a uh, high quality of attention. If I'm not available, I have a wait list. And yeah, I'm just really excited to get out there and Help some people out, get them back on track. That's so great.
1: Well, we'll definitely have our folks head over to your website and check out that program that you're offering. I think that it's nice when things feel tangible and like, oh, I can do this.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely.
1: That's awesome. The last thing I want to finish with is what is a piece of advice that you would have given to yourself five years ago in regards to any type of relationships or falling in love, anything in that realm that you work in? And and what would that advice be to your younger self? Well,
0: if you don't like the party, you can leave. (laughs) Girl! (laughs) Like, if you're not feeling great... Like you don't have to stay. So we're told that relationships are quote unquote work, but that's very vague. So a lot of us spend a lot of time working ourselves into the ground for, you know, people and things that are not worth it. So yeah, at the expense of our sanity. And, you know. <laughs> so yeah, if you don't like the party, leave, you know, you don't have to stay. Cool.
1: Sarah, thank you so much for coming on the show. You were awesome. I'm excited to have others listen to this because it's something different that we haven't really talked about on the show yet. And it's great to see what you're doing and see how you're helping others.
0: Well, thanks, Blaze. Thanks for having me. It's been of, great. Of course. Um, where can people find you on online? I'm on Instagram. A little less active on there, but I'm on there at Zara Marin Franks. And yeah, on my website as well, zaramarinfranks.com and
1: yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much and we will be in touch soon. Thank you so much for listening to the Wholehearted Glow podcast today. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you liked what you heard, feel free to write a review. I would love, 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 love to hear from you. And if you would like to connect on Instagram, I am at wholehearted underscore glow. Lots of daily shenanigans going on there, but also like real life stuff, coaching stuff, fitness stuff. So anything you need, that is the place to contact me directly. And I will speak with you soon. Bye.